to our Concordia Seminary community, to our visitors, and especially to our honorees, faculty members observing ordination anniversaries, and our honored soon-to-retire dear brother Brower, a grace to you in peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. A Perry Como was a popular singer that many of us remember from the 1950s, and there was always a segment in his show where a female, I think it was quartet, would sing, letters, we get letters, we get stacks and stacks of letters. Dear Perry, would you be so kind to fill our request and sing the song we like best? And he obliged their request. Well, I get stacks and stacks of letters that are not as entertaining as Perry Como's. And one theme that runs through some of the letters that I receive is the theme that we here at Concordia Seminary need to be doing a better job of teaching pastoral leadership. I very clearly remember my feelings when I arrived at my first charge, a dual parish in southern Illinois. And I remember the fearful thought, I know I can do the academics of the seminary. I successfully passed my vicarage in Detroit. But can I make it as a pastor? I don't recall that back in those days, pastoral leadership was language that was in the air. But that's what I was afraid of. Would I be a faithful and effective pastoral leader. Well, now 34 years later, many of you are looking forward to receiving your first charge in the service of the Lord as pastors. And much that I'm saying also applies to our deaconess students. And I can only wish for each of you, as you anticipate going out, that you will experience the same fear that I had. In the story of the golden calf, we see failed leadership. Aaron failed because he was afraid. And his fear in leadership of the people who pressured him to build that golden calf wasn't the reason he failed. Aaron failed in his pastoral leadership because he didn't have enough fear. Not only should he have feared the pressure the people were putting on him, but even more, he should have had a commanding fear of God. Of God who says, make no graven image. I mean, you remember the story. Uh, Moses had gone up onto the mountain to be with God. He was staying there longer than his job description had suggested he should be up there on the mountain. And the people started pressuring 
uh, Aaron to do something about it. We've got to do something about this. And Aaron uh, gave in to that pressure. The word fear is not present, but I think it's a, an appropriate construction of the story to say that he gave in to that fearful pressure. He felt fearful about the pressure, and he built the golden calf, and da, da, da. You know what happened. Later, when Moses, the faithful leader, came back down, uh, Aaron tried to justify giving in to the fear that he was feeling. Moses said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Oh, do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. Well, the result was a bloody mess. Judgment against the people for their sin and it was because Aaron just didn't have enough fear. He had the fear of the people he was serving, as all of us sooner or later experience in ministry. But that was not overridden by an awesome fear of God. Acts chapter 5, we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, there are a lot of, of books out about leadership. The funny thing, since I've been in this position, I have more and more people giving me books about leadership than I've gotten in 50-some years before this time. And I understand that when people on campus give me books about leadership, I know where they're coming from to say, Dale, you ought to read this. But it's happened that I've been out on the road far, far away from here, and people say, I think you ought to read this book about leadership. It really spooks me out, see? Anyway, there are a lot of books about leadership, including pastoral leadership, and they have very good insights. Many of them are simply what we would call first article common insights that we can all benefit from, myself included. But the story of the golden calf teaches us that faithful leadership is more than simply appropriating mechanically some worldly leadership principles. The story of the golden calf and many other stories in the Scripture, not to mention experience, tell us that fear, fear is an important characteristic in pastoral and diaconal leadership. If you look at the usage of the word fear in the Bible you will see that it covers a spectrum of uses. At the one extreme of this spectrum of the use of the word fear is the feeling that you and I have when something is coming at you that is bigger than you are, more powerful than you are, so overwhelming that you can't withstand it and it's coming to get you. Fear of cancer, fear of divorce, fear of bankruptcy, fear of failure, and in the case of Aaron, fear of the people coming at him, kind of peer pressure on steroids, and he can't deal with it. But I said the usage of the word fear is 
in a spectrum in the Bible. And at the other extreme, the word is used to describe very similar feelings that we have. At this other extreme, there is something coming at you that is more powerful than you are, bigger than you are, overwhelming and could do you in. But at this extreme, it comes to help you. This great power does not come to overwhelm you. This great power is for you, not against you. And when you see this power coming for you, not against you, the result is, wow, for me, not against me. If God is for us, let me read it from the place that I set up, because this is the good side of fear. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then can condemn? No one. Christ Jesus who died... Yeah, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced when I'm on this side of the fear spectrum that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Fear is natural. We all feel it. Everybody feels these natural human emotions of fear. And Aaron certainly felt it. But the wonderful thing about the Spirit of God is that he comes to you, comes to me, in ways that no leadership book can ever do. And he takes us by his word and by his sacrament to the other side of the spectrum of fear. And he says, I am here for you, not against you. And this is what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord. We stand with our life open to Him in reverence, in awe, in desperate supplication for His help, for the hope that He gives, for the forgiveness that He gives, and for the future that He promises. Psalm 34, verse 11 says, Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And that fear of the Lord is a wonderful, wonderful place to be. The Christian life, the sanctified life, 
is marked by a continual going back and forth between the fears that we all experience and the Spirit of God pulling us back to that, wow, he's here to help me, not to hurt me. Aaron failed because he didn't go from the fear of the people to relying upon the help and the hope of God. But Moses was a faithful leader. He came in, and knowing this side of the spectrum, Moses supplicated God. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people? Why should you be against them? For you brought them out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Moses supplicated God on the basis of God's own promises. God, remember where we are in this thing, and we are here trusting your promise that you are for us and you are not against us. And God forgave. He forgave his people. He forgave Aaron. And eventually he brought them to the place that was the goal of their journey. Today in this service, we are honoring the faculty members who are observing a significant anniversaries in their leadership to congregations and to the seminary. Now, all of us on this campus serve, and we will take another occasion in future weeks to honor those members of the staff, especially the ordained and commissioned staff who are observing significant anniversaries too. But today we're honoring the faculty who probably more than any of us have this heavy leadership responsibility of forming the next generation of pastors and deaconesses for service with God's people. One of the characteristics of leadership, faithful leadership, is that you're with your people on this side. You identify with their various fears because you have them yourselves. But faithful leadership, while it can use a lot of common sense worldly principles, and the faithful leadership that we honor today in your service to the church says to the people, come with me. Come with me to the God who understands your situation and will be for you, not against you, in ways that only the omniscient, almighty, helpful, deliverer, Savior can know. And that's in the person of Jesus Christ. God, come to us. So we thank you, ordination honorees, for what you have done in leading us faithfully over the years. And then we have special honor to James Brower. Thank you, Gail and family, for coming. James Brower, pastor, professor, doctor of the church, and in the way that has touched most of our lives, dean of this magnificent chapel of St. Timothy and St. Titus. And we'll say more later on in the Coburg Dining Hall. 
But the thing that strikes me, especially about your service as dean of the chapel, is that we're all during our busy days out there on the campus. We're out doing whatever it is that we do, and we have our fears, our angers, our worries, our anxieties, you name it. We have all of this stuff, fear just being one. And you have consistently since 1971 work to see that the chapel of St. Timothy and St. Titus is a place where we can go from our worldly turmoil, our upset souls, and come here to this peaceful place of meditation and reception of God for us, not against us. And we sincerely thank you for that, brother. You have rendered a service that only the angels in heaven can count and for which we can only say thank you so, so much. I get letters. I get stacks and stacks of letters. It's not that the church needs leadership. It's that it needs the right kind of leadership. Leadership that in us and demonstrated to the people of God reflects Jesus' words on the Sea of Galilee to the fearful disciples. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Oz Guinness, in his book, The Call, wrote this. When it comes to identity, modern people have things completely back to front. Professing to be unsure of God, they pretend to be sure of themselves. Followers of Christ put things the other way around. Unsure of ourselves, we are sure of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.